You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey? Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Ready to talk some hockey once again. Lots of things that have taken place since the last episode. I kind of expected it. It seemed like I'm like a prophet. I, you know, I'm like a I'm like a podcasting prophet. Every time I talk about somebody needs to go like openly like that, something happens. It's just I don't know. Eh. Maybe I just kind of sensed it was coming pretty soon, and it definitely did. Uh, well, let's jump right into it. The last two games of Mike Yo's tenure as head coach of the Minnesota Wild, because if you lived in a cave, if you've been living in a cave the last week, Mike Yo is no longer head coach of the Minnesota Wild. John Torchetti, the head coach of the AHL's Iowa Wild, you know, the team that's been playing significantly better since he took over, uh, kind of midstream last year, kind of early last year, after they were just horrendous for about two years. Don, John Torchetti out of Boston, Massachusetts, with quite an interesting voice there, kind of a, almost sounds Canadian and Boston, uh, Bostonite accent, will be taking over the, the reins for the Minnesota Wild for at least the remainder of the season, and who knows? You know, it's one of those who knows type of deals. But uh, like the response so far, it just kind of annoys all, all of us with how things took place. I mean, they must have really hated Mike Hill. I mean, they must have, but even though you saw good efforts against the Dallas Stars, Tuesday, February the 9th, and of course Thursday, February the 11th, which is where we picked up where we left off, against the Washington Capitals, the team with the best record in the NHL. Dallas Stars are well, the third or fourth best record in the NHL right now, with Chicago surging up into the, the, the charts. Dallas would be third, yes, uh, Washington just kicking ass in that Eastern Conference. How much does it mean long-term for them? I don't know. But Ovechkin, yeah, we talked about Ovechkin, the best goal scorer in the league. I'm sure he is, <laughs> the way I was describing him last time around. TJ Oshie's actually on the first line. I was talking about he might be on the second line. He's actually right now on the first line, at least he was in this particular game, with Nicholas Backstrom number th- uh, with his 33rd assist and Ovechkin's 32nd goal to open things out. Very early in the second period after a scoreless first period, you know, you saw a good effort from the Wild, but they just could not get anything through. Drove a lot of people crazy. Alex Ovechkin, three minutes later after his first one, get netting a second on the power play, 33rd goal of the season. You know, you just got a feeling, I mean, I'm not going to say a whole lot about these first two games with Mike Yo, just because 
Um, and, and again, this isn't going to be as much of a game review situation. It's more of analyzing the team again, analyzing the state of the wild. It's just kind of an ongoing thing because of what took place. But uh, yeah, Ovechkin ultimately getting a hat trick. Charlie Coyle, the lone guy, getting his 15th goal of the season after Ovechkin had netted his first two goals. Ovechkin very quickly after Charlie Coyle getting his 15th goal of the season, getting uh, netting the hat trick. It wasn't a true hat trick because... Carly Coyle interrupted it, ha ha, so that took place, but then again, in terms of the Washington Capitals, uh, it's a true hat trick, so there you go on that side of things, the Wild power play continuing to take place of late, finally, I mean, the Wild have been scoring power play goals, you gotta give them credit, Suter is 7th of the season on the power play, just putting the puck on net, ultimately, no deflections, just doing what he does from the point, 7th goal of the season, Chimera, empty netter, as the Wild tried as they might to get things going. Uh, the Wild were up three, or were down three to two, trying everything they could against Oldby. And he's just a better goalie than the Wild are able to score on. <laughs> Ultimately, he's just a damn good goalie. And the Wild, unfortunately, just could not get the job done. I don't even know what I was talking about there. That sounded kind of weird the way it came out. But the Wild just. No matter what they tried, no matter what they put on net, they ultimately could not get anything past Holdby. It's just not not their night once again, and the best team in the league was able to beat the Wild in the empty netter, and Granlund was able to net something at the last second, his fifth goal of the season. So he finally scores again for the first time since he had an empty netter early. Luckily, this one was not an empty netter, but it was the classic too little, too late, which is kind of the story of Granlund, Granlund, Granlund over the course of time with the Wild during the season. Vanek, who's going to be picking up some assists during the course of this week, believe it or not. And Parisi picking up two assists in this game after disappearing for the longest period of time. A different effort out of Zach Parisi the past couple weeks. Everybody can uh, thinking he's injured, but, hmm. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a minute. Hmm. <laughs> I have an interesting soundbite, of course, after the Boston game coming up. <coughs> Pardon me. And I'm not feeling my best, so please do bear with me. I apologize. This just kind of came up on me yesterday. It's crap. I'm not happy about it. So the Wild lose 4-3. to three. Not a whole lot to say about that one other than, I mean, it was a nice effort. It was admirable, but the same old result. Just the same old story. The Wild couldn't finish the job. And of course, when Ovechkin's going to get a hat-trick on you, your odds of winning, not so high. But uh, amazingly, no other capital was able to score on Dubnik during the course of time. Boston Bruins come to town Saturday, February the 13th. Lots of rumors swirling that this is it for Mike Gill. Win and in, lose and out type of deal for Mr. Mike Yo. Ooh, one in a row for Mike Yo. Don't, so at least we don't have to hear that annoying like bullshit on KFAN anymore. I, I got kind of tired of that. PA and well, uh, PA and Nordo, they get into some of this. Ugh, they just they just rehash the same bits over and over and over. But that's a different rant for some other time, some other show. Boston Bruins come to town. A very improving Boston Bruins team. Starting to play like the Bruins that you, you kind of thought they were. They are who we thought they were, basically. <laughs> Darcy Kemper in net for the Minnesota Wild. And, well, what's the what's the trend with Darcy Kemper pretty much since he started playing a, a goalie in the NHL? Probably in the AHL, too, but I'm unable to keep that close of tabs with him down there uh, over the course of time. But what happens when Darcy Kemper, who only had to face 18 bleeping shots in the game, what what happens when he gives up a goal early? It's pretty much game over, isn't it? That's pretty much when you know the Wild aren't going to win the game. <laughs> Brad Mar- Marchand scoring very early, a shorthanded situation. The Wild on the power play couldn't get really anything special going. 
And then they give up an odd man rush to Brad Marchand, 27th goal of the year. Very, very nice player for the Boston Bruins, continuing to be a huge factor over there. They are now second place in their division, so very cool. I, I like the Boston Bruins. I'm kind of a Minnesota fan first, Boston Bruins fan, uh, excuse me, Boston sports fan second. So, though uh, Calgary Flames are my second favorite team in the NHL, but unfortunately they're in the Western Conference, so that makes things a little bit more interesting there. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Vanek able to score a goal in the game despite some of the BS play he does. He just manages to magically score. You got to like that. Unassisted because the Bruins had a turnover over the course of time. So you got to like what came took, took place in that case. 15th goal of the season for the reluctant, the, uh, I don't even know what, what word to come up with. I'm kind of blue on a blank here. Uh, Louis Erickson getting his 18th. Chara getting his 8th on the empty net because the Wild tried as they might late in the game, but a very minimal effort ultimately. Mike Riley getting his first goal of his career, kind of exactly just like Mikhail Granlin, <laughs> the last game, too little, too late. The Wild were already down 4-1. to one. Mike Yo kind of knew what was coming, and he said what he said in the press conference. His eyes were red. He cried and cried. His eyes were red. I mean, you could tell he was going to cry, and I felt, I, I felt bad for him. He knew what was happening, and it's like... You even heard on Beyond the Pond, like, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't let go after today's game. And it's like, hmm. But, and then the quietness after the game, nothing on Twitter. And and it's always like that, where it's real quiet, nothing's going on. And then you're kind of like, okay, maybe they aren't going to do anything. Because it seems like every time they, you know, every time with the Wild, they, they, don't, they don't make a move. They don't fire people. They just kind of let things go. And then all of a sudden, there's this magical turnaround. Because we're going to the Northwest, like I predicted. I predicted the Wild would lose to Boston. I, I, I thought they'd get a point out of it. I thought it would be one of those uh, uh, like overtime loss type of deals or shootout loss type of deals. But ultimately, it was just an effortless performance. Just completely effortless. I mean, Mike Riley scoring made it 4-2 to two late in the game. Oh, goody. It was just kind of like a desperate effort there. At least he got the Wild within two. Oh, goody. And they couldn't muster anything else after that. A very quiet, disturbing performance by the Wild throughout the game. And Mike Yo made the statement of, like I was trying to get to earlier, of, um, I'm a realist. And, well, I mean, when you have this type of record, when you can't even, you know, when you lose these, these many games in a row, ultimately, there's, there's going to be changes. I'm a realist. I mean, there's probably going to be changes. And, well, he kind of knew it was going to be him. Because when, when you see red eyes like that, he knew it was going to be him. And that's ultimately what took place. Mike Yo let go. Mike Yo let go. Ultimately, I was sitting, <laughs> waiting, waiting uh, around, ha- having dinner, and then all of a sudden, I hear, you know, because I have the ESPN application, and then it's like, you know, it could be anything, but I'm like, you know what, I have a feeling, I have a feeling, because I was, I was actually watching a YouTube video at the time, why do I have a feeling this is what I think it is, and yep, Mike Yo fired his wild coach, boom, there you go, and then replacement to be announced at some point. And ultimately, it was Torchetti. Mike Yo let go. And that was it. That was it. And, uh, well, there were some annoying comments during the course of the game, uh, or after the game, also in the locker room. Some very annoying, disturbing ones. Ultimately, uh, I don't have the soundbite for this one. I probably could get it, but, you know, it's one of those type of deals where Thomas Vanek ultimately said, and maybe I'll throw it in the next segment. We'll, we'll see. But it's going to be a typical wild segment. Two, two, uh, typical wild show, pardon me, two segments. Review segment, preview segment. This is more of a state of the wilds 
gay show once again, basically, if you know what I mean, like a miniature one. Um, but uh, Thomas Vanek was asked about it, and then was asked about Mike Yo kind of before anything took place. And then, or actually, no, this was after Mike Yo was let go. And then Thomas Vanek said, so I, I don't have the soundbite. Uh, he said, ultimately, oh, I haven't spoken to him since he, uh, <laughs> since he, since he scratched me and put me in the press box last, uh, last week. Okay, that's cute, Thomas. What a, what a jerk. You know what I mean? I'm seriously, what a jerk. Uh, you know, <laughs> bullshit, man. I mean, seriously. And pardon my French again. But that that was that was messed up. Like really, I haven't spoken to him since. Really, okay. I mean, that's nice of you to know. Not one, not even one half nice thing to say about the guy. I can understand. Maybe you don't like him, and you know, I've been there. There's people I don't like in this world. You know what I'm saying? We all have people we don't like. We don't like our boss sometimes. Um, I do right now, for the most part. I mean, yeah. I mean, the higher bosses. Well, there's always issues with that because they're they're the, they're the they're the they're the penny pinchers. You know. So, like, it's kind of old, but you get the idea. That would be more like if you don't like the owner or, like, the GM or something. But the coach, ah, okay, I mean, it's going to happen. But, uh, my my God, it's like this team, it's as if they really hated him. I mean, they really wanted him out of here. And I think they tried to get him out of here before, too. So let's hear this comment from the the guy with the most pedigree on the roster, the guy with the strongest leadership leadership on the team, and of course, oh, he's from Minnesota, and he's the son of J.P. Parisi, the uh, former North Star, God rest his soul. Let's hear from him, the the leader of the Wild. Like, what can you say after this? It's, uh, just the same old thing. Yeah, it's the same old. Not really much to say. Anymore. Now, I'm going to interrupt real quick. This is after the Boston Bruins game, before the firing took place. And um, this also, uh, what am I trying to say? Yeah, before the uh, before the firing took place. And, oh, and I would like to apologize for what may be some gorilla-sounding audio, audioology, you know, some audio, gorilla-sounding audio in advance. So just apologize for that, but this is the way i got to do it right now. How much does it hurt to just... Back and try to talk about it when you, when you want to talk about something different. Uh, well, it's not any fun. It's not any fun for anybody. Um, so, you know, come and again try to get better tomorrow and, and, and get some wins on the road trip. I think we're at the point now that changes need to happen. It's not up to us or hmm. not up to the players. It's not fair to ask any players that. So. Huh. It's not our decision. Is it hmm. fair to say, though, that you're not responding to whatever is being thrown at you <laughs> from the coaches right now? Yeah, and that's not, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into that. That's uh, not up to the players. Really? Wow. Well, all right. <laughs> uh-huh. That didn't sound good, did it? That, that sounded kind of... Uh, and if you saw the look on his face, too, just it's not up to us, you know? No, it's not up to us. Yeah, something, I think he wanted Yo fired, don't, don't you think? And did you notice the uh, change in effort just a little bit? Did you notice anything from Zach Parisi from, <laughs> you know, the last couple of weeks or so? Oh, he's still, you know, he must still be injured. There's something wrong with him. Wow, I've never seen him play like this. It seems like he can't do anything out there. Oh, and then John Torchetti comes in into Vancouver, Monday, February the 15th. John Torchetti, the torch himself. 
And Zach Parisi looks like Zach Parisi again. Attacking the net. You know, getting his nose dirty. Did something. Did, did, did Zach Parisi quit on Mike Yo? Yeah. As an investigative reporter, right? No, I'm kidding. As any type of person that uh, would investigate such a thing right there and would sit down and maybe watch a couple games in review or just, just bits and pieces because nobody's got time to watch that much unless they unless it's the only job to do it. Then you can. But, um... <laughs> I would say I would venture to say Zach Parisi quit on Mike Yo, and that's strange to me. Zach Parisi quit, quit Zach Parisi. Either Mike Yo's the worst coach ever and pushed all the wrong buttons, or I, I don't know. I, I I find it kind of strange. Now I can understand again. I can understand you might not like everything about Mike Yo, but that's strange. I mean, he openly quit on the coach. He, he did, and, and it's kind of plain as day that he did. I mean, what the hell happened here? I, I don't know. He just quit on the coach, I guess. Um, we'll just kind of leave that as is, I suppose, eh? eh? We're just going to kind of have to leave that as is. So let's get to Vancouver. The torch is in the building. He's going to torch. He's going to light a fire under the wild, all that. You get the idea. Totally uh, really like what he had to say in his press conference. I'm not going to play audio from that one. Um I like his voice. <laughs> he's he's kind of cool. Uh, he's about nine years older than Mike Gill, so well, fits that type of uh, he fits that type of mo for a, a possible uh, new search. If Chuck Fletcher has a third opportunity to hire a coach, because he went young with Todd Richards, so at forty, and he went young with uh, Mike Gill, about forty or upper upper thirties at the time. He's actually the same age as Andrew Brunette, of all people, is uh, Mike Gill. So. Um, yeah, I mean, is this what it's going to be right now? Is this where we're headed? Is um, uh, I mean, you, 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 when it comes to pardon me, I'm going crazy. When it comes to Chuck Fletcher, are you going to hire the a guy with some more experience, a bit older, more of a lifer? And and then again, not that Yo and Richards aren't lifers, but they're young. They're just they just got started in the in in head coaching, pretty much, particularly in the NHL. Uh, Torchetta has. Torchetti, pardon me, Tortella. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get into John Torts over there, but no, the other John. This one's kind of cool. If you want to have a different tort uh, around, um, we'll we'll take this one over the other one over in Columbus right now, or in Vancouver, and of course the New York Rangers and Tampa Bay Lightning, all that. That guy's quite in. That guy's definitely an asshole. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take this guy. Um, he might have a little bit of Mike Zimmer to him. Call that a preposterous statement. Make fun of me all you want, and I'm sure you can. But he might have a little Zimmer to him, a guy who has been around and hasn't really gotten a chance. Uh, Michael Russo will tell you that he got screwed in Florida when he took over as the interim coach back about 10 years ago, 03, 04. So that's more than 10 years ago already. Almost 12 years ago. It actually is 12 years ago. Um, he took over on the interim basis and they liked him enough that he was going to be the head coach. And the uh, coach that was fired ended up becoming the general manager. I don't even know how that works. I don't even know how that works. They came back. It was uh, Keenan came back. Mike Keenan came back to uh, take over the Florida Panthers. And, of course, got rid of Torchetta. Did not give him the job. What the hell? Like, fired him unofficially, if you know what I mean. Just didn't give him the job to be the head coach. That's kind of messed up. So he stabbed him right in the back. That kind of sucks. That's messed up how that worked out. Um... (laughs) So he was liked enough to be a possible candidate to be the to be the head coach of the Florida Panthers. Took over for the Kings a couple of years later, 
as the uh, interim coach late in the season. Just kind of a swan dive situation. The Kings weren't playing well at the time, and they were starting over, all that. And then um, then you got uh, situations where he <laughs> has been a uh, uh, minor league coach in the AHL. has had some success. Definitely got the Iowa Wild back in the right direction. He's the head who he took over as the head coach of the Iowa Wild, not on an interim basis, but a permanent basis. And things were starting to get better, and you saw players that uh, started to improve. And you're seeing a nice development out of Gustav Olsen down there. He just continues to develop. And I'll talk about that more in the second segment. But when you see him continuing to develop and, and to improve, it's a really exciting, uh, exciting prospect for the Wild. And when I say Zimmer, when it comes to uh, Mr. Torchetta, it's ultimately how he, he, he he's an accountability coach. And Mike Yo, what, what was the issue with Mike Yo over the course of time with the Wild? Well, you have Jason Pominville <laughs> on the power play. And he's on the power play. And he's on the power play. Scores 30 goals. Okay, good, good idea. And he's on the top line and this and that. And he's getting regular ice time, major ice time, 30 goals. Okay, two years ago, 30 goals. And, of course, when he first got here, he was the only guy scoring at all for whatever reason. The Wilds offense completely shut down that year. Another year where Yo could have been fired because of a swan dive during that season. And then and then you had Pominville score only 18 last year. Kind of a struggle and nothing. No changes whatsoever were made. A definite decline in Jason Pominville's play. What's going on here? Can you possibly look to another guy, Charlie Coyle, maybe Nino Niederreiter, who's definitely got some scoring capabilities? Justin Fontaine, who I think is probably the most underrated player on the roster right now. Maybe even Eric Halla at times. I mean, I, in, in certain situations, I'd say he's more of a penalty kill, kind of an odd man rush, possibly shorthanded goal type of guy, but you get the idea. Uh, but there's so many other guys out there that I think would be better on the power play than Jason Pominville. And why has Pominville been on, the, been on the point for so long? Just zero changes under Mike Yo. And whenever the changes, they're just weird little changes that last for a real short time, but it's never, never really affecting one of the major veterans unless they're playing like absolute positive dog dookie out there. And maybe, and maybe somebody else is playing so good he has no choice. But the guy never, ever, ever made a move. And maybe that's why Mr. Parisi had enough. Jason Pominville, six goals on the year. <laughs> six goals, and that was after a recent power play goal at the time. That just It just happened to go through, right? <laughs> he finally scored again. It was five goals for the longest time, four goals for the longest time, no goals for the longest time, and nothing. Nothing to do. Just the regular major ice time, no press box, no removal from the uh, power play, no moving down to the third line, nothing. So there you go. The guy would not make changes. Where Torch is much more of an uh, accountability type of guy. He's he's more of a kind of guy that'll tell you, hey, you know, this guy deserves more. This guy is going to earn the ice time because he's playing better than you. I'm not going to take ice time away from you. I'm going to give ice time to you for earning it. Wink, wink. There you go. I mean, I, better, I, I think he could be a, a, a head coach in this league. Will it be here? Who knows? But I think he's a, I think he's a, <laughs> this guy's a hockey coach. Absolutely like what I hear from John Torchetta, and you're seeing a completely different play from the Wild since he took over. Of course it happens. You're going to get a nice little surge when a guy comes in, but I have a feeling this could be a sustained surge. Hopefully. You're going to have some down times, and this team might just might not be good enough to make the postseason this year, but the good news is they're right in the mix again, only two points behind Nashville for the final playoff spot. So there you go, rock and roll. Uh, huh. And the Mike Zimmer thing of... 
Well, yes, he's a accountability guy. He'll he'll kind of yell a bit, but he's you can kind of tell he's a nice guy. You don't get the vibe like, oh god, this guy's the biggest jerk ever. He, he's actually a nice guy. Like Mike Zimmer is a nice guy with the Vikings. He's just uh, he's just aggressive and he's passionate and he and he and it's not all about passion, but it's about pedigree as well and accountability. He gets players to play to their best capability. And Torchetta before. Coaching a game in Vancouver, took Eric Halla aside and said, <laughs> he, he, he was talking to him, you know, with so much uh, passion and and, and 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 excitement, saying, you know, if you can just do this and this and this, you can be a great player in this league. You can be a really good player, Eric Halla. And what has Eric Halla done since he since uh, Torch took over? Well, we're going to get to that in quite, in quite literally right about now. Even though Hollis has been playing better, but now he's playing absolutely downright fantastic. <clears throat> Monday, February the 15th, with no further ado, the Minnesota Wild begin the Torchetta era, and they end an eight-game losing streak. Well, bada-bing, bada-boom, 5-2 to two victory in Vancouver. The Wild defeat the vaunted Vancouver Canucks. Well, not really vaunted, are they? And Zach Creasy, <coughs> pardon me, getting dirty again. 18th goal of the season. Miko Cueva, simply just kind of attacking, making a move, getting dirty out there, throwing that puck on net and scoring his 18th goal of the year. Cueva getting an assist as he's been so quiet, but now he's still the leading scorer on the team, if you can believe it, ultimately. Uh, Spurgeon <clears throat> with a really, with a really, <laughs> with a nice goal. Quick release after, after a beautiful pass by Eric Hall. A cross ice Without being like a risky cross ice, it was just a beautiful angle by Eric Halla, ninth assist on the season. Spurgeon netting a beauty there to make it two to one after Christoph Tenev tied things up late in that third uh, first period, fairly late. But then Spurgeon answered right away, so Vancouver enjoyed that tie for just a matter of seconds, and that was it for Vancouver after that. Fontaine after another beautiful pass, an even better one to Fontaine, kind of a, a wrister shot, kind of almost like a one timer. From Eric Halla, his fourth goal of the year. Fontaine, so glad he's healthy. Because when he's healthy and when he's out there playing, he's going to earn minutes and he's going to be a good player out there. Might be like a Pascal Dupuis for the Wild, possibly. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, like the un- undrafted free agent type of deal. Uh, really like Justin Fontaine, what he brings to the mix. The former Duluth Bulldog. A valuable guy, fourth goal of the season. And again, so glad he's healthy. Henrik Sundin netting his tower play goal, 10th of the season. It's uh, Sundin Brothers. I can't say sisters anymore. Just, I don't know. Ah, you know, people are like, what are you trying to say? You know, women can't play hockey? <laughs> no, I'm not trying to say that. But Henrik Sundin, assisted by his brother Daniel Sundin, who's the leading scorer on the Canucks. And of course, Henrik is second. You know, you get the idea. It's the same old story. But uh, they ultimately tried to keep the Gri- the Grizzlies, the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> in the game. I'm, I'm really out of it and I apologize. But uh, there you go. The Canucks uh, just the overall effort by this team. I'm just going to keep going here. Absolutely fantastic and all the young guys playing really well and now the veterans are playing better too. Parisi playing like Parisi again. Koivu playing like Koivu. You know, well, yeah, whatever that is, right? But you get Coyle continuing to do what he does and I think he is going to surge under this coach, Tarchetta. Power play goal for Charlie Coyle. And a good pass from Spurgeon, kind of getting the puck on net and such. And Coyle ultimately finishing it, getting close to the net. Kind of a Parisi type of goal on this one. 16th of the year. 16 goals for Charlie Coyle. This guy is starting to, this guy is starting to really rack up the numbers here. Not that long ago, the thought of 16 goals for Charlie Coyle was like, what? Really? 
Yeah, really. <laughs> Nito Niederreier, a guy who's been invisible for the longest time, 10th goal of the year, and Grunlin, Grunlin getting his 24th assist on the season late in that third period. Another uh, <laughs> another young guy who'd been struggling, well, he, he scores too. He's, he joined the party, and this team is playing completely different now. you got to really like what you're seeing. A beautiful effort. Yes, you're going to get surges from a new coach and everything, but maybe, again, this one could end up being a more sustained surge than people might want to give credit. Minnesota Wild head to Calgary last night. This game was a bit slop, uh, a bit more sloppy, i got to say. Wednesday, February 17th. Ultimately, the Wild went 4-3 to in what I think was a sloppy type of game. But you saw a wonderful effort from a guy by the name of, should I say his name? You saw a great game out of this guy, probably his best of the season. Should I say his name? Jason Pominville. Yeah, I said Jason Pominville. Uh, <laughs> Jason Pominville played well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not kidding. Jay, he, he actually had a good game. Isn't that awesome to hear? Yeah, yeah, guys, yeah. Pominville, strong effort, ultimately, for the Wild. Yeah, one goal, one assist, ultimately, in the game. And Eric Halla playing fantastic. I mean, just looked beautiful out there against Vancouver. Looked absolutely fantastic against Calgary. Even better in this one, ultimately. Two more points for Eric Halla in this one. One goal, one assist. His sixth goal, his 11th assist on the season. He's now at 17 points, which is officially a career high. He has now surpassed his previous seasons. Because he hadn't been much of a points guy. More defense and rush and kind of getting things going. Trying to get a really good power play. Uh, excuse me, penalty kill. But if he keeps this up, he might wind up on the power play once in a while. Uh, Jason Zucker with a beautiful shorthanded goal. Just kind of stealing the puck there. Just keeping on it. Keeping on it. Knocking the puck loose and then attacking the net. And just a rifle. Just the quickest release you ever saw. 12th goal of the season for another young guy who'd been struggling. Another young guy who'd been struggling. And you see a great effort by Jason Sucker, and you see an absolutely nice goal, just getting in it, getting in the mix there, showing some physicality, and just to see Jason Zucker out there on the penalty kill years ago would have been to, <laughs> would have been unheard of, but he, he just continues to improve defensively, and you're seeing a much better performance out of him under Karch Tarchetta so far. Torchetti, man, I'm never going to get it right because of Tortella, yeah, it's driving me crazy. Koivu on the power play, 12th goal of the season, Ultimately, Pominville seventh goal. Eric Halla, Pominville. Just can't believe you're actually seeing Pominville score. You got it like that. And then Coyle with a rifle, empty net shot. What a quick release of that one. It's just dead on. I mean, there was just no doubt the way he let go of it. It was just right down the center. Got it like that from far away. 17th goal of the year. The Wild finished things 5-3 to three after a Calgary surge in that second and in definitely in that third period. Calgary was really putting the pressure on uh, Dumba or Dumba. Dubnik, who has been, uh, he's not been the best boy the past couple weeks. He's definitely struggled a bit. And it's like when he was putting in these great efforts in January and the team was not giving him anything, no goals at all. Uh, it's like it was just a waste, an absolute waste. You could have had a wonderful month of January. Instead, you have a terrible month of January. And it just goes into February where Dubnik starts to play worse and the goals still don't come. 
But then now Dubnik is struggling a bit out there. And post, post All-Star Game Syndrome too, when you face all those shots, it's like you're just never the same. It's like you feel, oh, can I stop this? Oh, that one went through, but we'll, but we'll be okay. It's almost like that type of weird mentality you get after an All-Star Game. I've never seen a goalie play well after the All-Star Game, by the way. Never. Uh, Backstrom would always have games like this too where maybe we'd win, but it'd be like a high-scoring type of a mess like this was. Not the best performance you ever saw. As I'm trying not to sneeze here, pardon me, <clears throat> had to hit the dump button for that one, apologize for that, <laughs> but kind of a sloppy type of deal, but again, a good effort offensively and defensively. It was sloppy in a sense, you're giving up some rushes, and I think Torchetta will definitely be addressing the team about that, and I'm sure he already has, and he is right now during morning skate. Morning skate is the wild play the Edmonton Oilers tonight. So let's wrap this up for now and get back to segment number two. Uh, but we'll hand out the awards quickly. Mike Madonna Award is going to go to Eric Halla. Mike Madonna Award, the man you'll see on the ice for the stadium series in uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks coming up this weekend. Got it like that. And, of course, the alumni. You'll see Mike Madonna out there, baby, for the alumni game on Saturday. That's going to be awesome against all those uh, <laughs> hated Blackhawks, Corps, and, of course, uh, uh, Dennis Savard, all these studs from long, long ago in a galaxy far away. Don Beaupre will be in net. Oh, isn't that cool? Aren't you excited to see all these guys? Old Beaupre out there. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. Lou Nanny's going to be the coach. Oh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully no one gets hurt out there. Yeah, no, no, I don't think they will. God bless them out there. Mike Madonna's the youngster compared to all these guys like Dino Cicerelli. You know, out there, old pants down, shattered leg, all that type of stuff. Pants down, pardon me. But you get the idea. Uh, I've got a Dino Cicerelli card coming to me off of eBay right now. I mean, why not? Then now's the time to get it. So <laughs> I might as well get it with that jersey, the, the cut jersey piece inside the card. I'm getting one of those fancy dancy ones. Got it like that. I'm excited to have it. Old Dino the Dinosaur is going to be in town as a North Star, not as a... Uh, not as a Detroit Red Wing or Tampa Bay Lightning or Florida Panther. No, man. Minnesota North Star. That's what it's all about right there. Just imagine him on the 91 North Stars. Do you think we would have won the Cup that year? I think our chances would have been better. Plus, if we wouldn't have traded Larry Murphy away for God knows who. I can't even remember who it was anymore. Just whoever he was. He wasn't very good because an unmemorable player. I'm blind. Oh, it's Jim Johnson. Like, what the hell was that? Jim Johnson for Larry Murphy. Come on. See, now I'm dumping, now I'm going into North Star memories right now. This is a long segment. But a terrible trade. And Lou Nanny was not the GM for that one. That was Bobby Clark. Oops. What the hell were you thinking? Larry Murphy? Could you imagine Murphy? Oh, and by the way, he was on the Pittsburgh Penguins, who kicked our ass in that finals ultimately with all those superstars. Just imagine if Larry Murphy and Dino Cicerelli were on that North Star's team. Those guys were here struggling during the crappy times, and you couldn't even have them around during the good times. Of course, Cicerelli was acting kind of funny, but maybe we could have gotten past that and kept him around anyway. That would have probably been a good idea, but uh, the past is the past, right? And this segment is now the past for the time being. Let's take a break, come back for segment number two, and wrap things up after this. Yeah, 
And we are back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, the previous segment, and of course, check up on the Iowa Wild as well. That'll be super brief, because not not a whole lot going on over there this past week, other than, well, <laughs> Torchetta is now up here. Torchetti, I'm never going to get it right, man. Torchetti is now with the Wild. Yeah. So, Edmonton Oilers tonight. Thursday, February the 18th, the 13-year anniversary of a little scare I had, about, yeah, 13-year anniversary I had of a scare I had in 2013, at this time, I'm really out of it. I apologize, but uh, I'll leave that alone. That's a personal thing, some scary stuff that took place <laughs> medically, medically. So don't worry about anything bad uh, elsewhere. Uh, Edmonton Oilers, Minnesota heads to Edmonton, and I think that we win again. I did predict this show on the last week's show, so you can check it on there as well. But I do think the Wild will uh, win tonight in Edmonton. I'll predict, um, well, I mean, the goal scoring has been real high. I'll go 4-2. to two. Darcy Kemper will be in net, and he better play well. Uh, it's a back-to-back situation, so almost no chance Darcy Kemper won't be in net. And uh, at the same time, expect a nice game out of Jared Spurgeon tonight. Um, there's always a connection between Spurgeon and Edmonton and all that. He's from Edmonton. The Oilers have always liked him and everything. You get the idea. They want to bring, the, they want to bring him home and all that, and... Uh, he scored a goal last night. Hopefully he didn't use it up. I, I predicted him to score in, uh, in this one. Tonight, uh, well, and Coyle scored in Calgary. I was predicting that he would score in Calgary. And then I was like, no, I'll, I'll go with this. I'll go with Granlund. Well, Granlund ended, <laughs> ended up getting two assists in the game. So go go figure. And it was mostly Holly in that one. Who's going to score? Who's most likely to score against Edmonton? I think I said Niederreiter. No, I said, I said Spurgeon last time around. I'm going to stick with Spurgeon. He's most likely to score just because... Um, he, he's going to have a big game tonight, so maybe he'll have back-to-back games with the Spurgeon goal, get his eighth of the year. Uh, the Wilds always play Edmonton pretty well. He had a 4-3 to victory way back on October the 27th. The Wild pulled that one out at home. Kind of a semi-messy type of performance, but it was good enough, and the Wild won the game. You got it like that. Uh, Darcy Kemper will be in net. The whole period is you don't, you don't give up an early goal, because if you do, the Wild are in trouble. Uh, because Darcy Kemper always seems to kind of fall apart in games like that, and he did not play too well against Boston, though he did recover remarkably well, considering the awful play of the Wild in that game. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the guy that the Wild <clears throat> have probably hoped to get via trade, is injured with an uh, is out with an injured hand, and of course the Wild giving up Jared Spurgeon at this point in time with Brodeen also being injured. The odds of that very slim, um, and of course a lot of people right now. Look at uh, Jared Spurgeon as the best defenseman on the current roster, even though Suter's been playing remarkably better under head coach Torchetti. And, um, yeah, well, we'll just see what happens at that, ultimately. Edmonton Oilers, though, the Wilds should beat this fairly depleted roster, even though it's a very talented roster in, in time. They're going to be a very, 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 very good team, without a doubt. But I'm going to pick the Wild to win this game 4-2, to two, ultimately. <sighs> Uh, see, uh, Taylor Hall leading the team and scoring with 51 points on the year. He just continues to develop big time. I mean, the Wild would kill to have a guy like that. And a guy, I, I can't believe what I'm looking at here. Benoit Puglia has 33 points in 49 games for the Edmonton Oilers. I, I can't believe it. Um, he's He's got a bigger role than he had on the uh, New York Rangers last year, and he is really doing a good job. And you're hearing crazy uh, reviews for Connor McDavid. Some people even say this guy might be the best player ever, the way he's going. 25 points in 21 games, really off to an amazing start. Nine goals, 16 assists, only 21 games since joining the uh, NHL roster of the Edmonton Oilers. He is playing unbelievably well, and that's another reason why you'd see Ryan Nugent Hopkins possibly being available, because 
he's not going to be on the top line the way McDavid's going. So, <laughs> or maybe he will, but he's going to have a, a lesser role per se. It's going, to, it's going to be McDavid's team the way things are headed. The Oilers finally about to get it right and be very good. Sunday, 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 February twenty first. Let's get on with this stadium series. TCF Bank Stadium, Minnesota Wild host the Chicago Blackhawks in their first outdoor game ever, and it's going to be kind of warm, which sucks. I don't want warm weather for a stadium series game. Come on. Come on. This is Minnesota. It's supposed to be about the frozen ponds, eh? Come on. Come on, damn it. I, I hate it. Come on. It's got to be like, it's got to be like 20, like 20, 18, you know, 10 degrees. Come on. I don't want 40 and, and warm. No. No. That's lame sauce, man. Major lame sauce. Chicago Blackhawks come to town. The Wild beat them way early back in the year, October the 30th. Five to four, sloppy ass game, and we beat the Blackhawks two to one Tuesday, December the first. So you're, we've actually beaten the Blackhawks twice this year, and then you have the Stadium Series at home. Uh, this will clinch the victory. This will be obviously on national television. It's a biggie, biggie, biggie. <laughs> NBC Sports, all the actually no NBC, yeah. <laughs> and then you got NBC Sports again Sunday, March twentieth. Uh, the Wild and Blackhawks are a very popular draw on national television. NBC loves this matchup. And it's a very cool one. And, of course, you got the alumni, all that good stuff. Marion Hosa is going to be out for a while with an injured leg. He is going to be out for a while. Even got the alert not that long ago on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Marion Hosa. Uh, and Kruger, also out since December 18th of the wrist injury. Kruger, Freddy Kruger. No, Kruger's out. <laughs> we'll just leave that alone. Uh, Patrick Kane leading the league in scoring. Duncan Keith, Hall of Fame defense in Seabrook. One of the best best defensemen out there. Jarmelson, I mean, I'm... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Zalmerson, sorry, I'm getting it all messed up. Uh, one of the studs, obviously, stud stay-at-home defenseman for the Blackhawks. Just one stud after another, Jonathan Taves. Oh, man, there's so many stars out there, but also a lot of really good role players as well. You got Shaw, of course, Hosa's out for a while. Corey Crawford is uh, a surprisingly good goalie. He just always seems to have the Wilds number in the playoffs. In the regular season, we have his number. It's kind of funny. And should I pick the Wild to win this one? I mean, I, I can't pick a sweep here because I, uh, it's between the Wilds beating Chicago here or uh, the New York uh, Islanders. We got three games to preview, by the way. Like I was, I believe I already said, but uh, if I didn't, that's what that's the situation here. Uh, I, I got to pick the Wild to lose one of these two. Uh... I, I, I will pick the Wild to beat the Blackhawks. This is a center stage thing. It's the first home game, and the Wild will end their home their home winless streak, finally. They haven't won a game in I don't know how long at home. I mean, it's been that long. Uh, the Wild will defeat the Chicago Blackhawks 4-3 to three in a very dramatic game. Jack Creasy will be the most likely scorer in this one, in my humble opinion. I predict he will represent the, the North Stars <laughs> nicely in this one to score a goal for his father. And for all the other alumni out there, it'll be a beautiful performance, fun game. Ultimately, Parisi, the most likely to score in that game. And the Wild win 4-3. to three. Uh, Let's just try to avoid any type of shootout talk, because I don't think the Wild would win in that situation. I almost thought I picked the Wild to lose this game, because it's, uh, <laughs> because it's, um, the Blackhawks are playing that well right now. Best record in the Western Conference, and they're even catching up to the Washington Capitals now. Dallas right behind them, though, only one point in the Central Division. New York Islanders, I mean, one way or another, the home losing streak will end during this three-game stretch as the Wild host the Islanders, who are also playing pretty well over there in the Eastern Conference. Second place in their division, John Tavares, one of the up-and-coming studs in the league, Kyle Oposo. You know, we talked about them recently. Halak, a very strong goalie as well. 
Let's try to stay away from Clutterbuck and others over there in New York. Nick Laddie. I mean, we, we know this team pretty well, don't we? I mean, there are a lot of familiar names. And, of course, Tavares is a, just a big stud as well. Big up-and-coming stud still for the Islanders. Still coming into his own over there. Uh, Islanders beat us 5-3 to three in New York. In Brooklyn, pardon me. Just, last, just a couple of weeks ago. Not a good game at all. Uh, the Wild... Looked like they were playing well in that one. They were they were playing fine, but the execution ultimately down the stretch did not work out. <sighs> Damn, you know, it, I I guess I'll pick the Wild to win all three. I'm gonna go out in good faith. They'll more than likely lose one of these two, but right now I'll predict a win for all three. Why not? Because I mean, why shouldn't the Wild come back and beat the Islanders as well as they played in that game? But things just didn't work out, and the team was quitting on the coach, and they were in the process of quitting on their coach at the time. I'll pick the Wild to win all three of these games, and I'm going to be wrong. I know I am in advance. Maybe <laughs> maybe they'll lose tonight. Who knows? I should hope not. But I'll pick the Wild to beat the Islanders. Three to two, you're going to see a much better defensive effort this time. You're going to see a major defensive focus in this one. I mean, after giving up five goals last time around, you'll see a three to two victory for the Wild in this one against this very familiar group of players. Even though we don't see them that much, we see them often enough, I suppose, now with the new scheduling Wild went 3-2. to two. Uh, Ultimately, who's the most likely to score in the game? Eric Halla. I'm going to go with Eric Halla against the New York Islanders with the way he's been playing. You'll see an Eric Halla goal against the New York Islanders. It's just a prediction. It's just whatever. But um, I, I could see him being a factor in a game like that. Kind of a tight, tightly contested game. He'll get some type of breakaway and he'll bury it. Maybe even Jason Zucker, but I'll go with Halla at this point with his, the way he's been playing. And Halla will have another strong week and he'll be a Mike Madano candidate. Let's check in on the Iowa Wild and wrap things up here. It's been fairly quiet, and at least, uh, but Olafson had another two-point night during the course of this week. He's now at 17 points on the year, netting a couple more assists. Um, I've been calling him a stay-at-home defenseman, but he does have offensive capabilities, and he even sees himself as a two-way defenseman. Was was watching some video on him during the course of time, and he is an exciting prospect for the for the Wild. Um, he he is uh, he, he's really developing into a nice player down there in Iowa. I really liked what Torchetti was uh, what was doing with him. I mean, his his development was really starting to pick up the pace during the course of time in Iowa. Uh, just Torchetti knows the buttons to push, and he's, 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 he's good for these young guys, and even for the veterans as well, because the veterans are playing better too. Graylock was starting to kind of come into his own after struggling really bad. Um, he's staying at nine points right now. Jared Knight, I don't even know what's ever happened to him, but ultimately he was sent down to the Quad City Mallards, and he had two. He had he had a goal and assist in three games, and has been injured ever since. So Jared Knight, unfortunately, had been sent down to the Quad City Mallards. That's like an even lower version uh, of the in, in the Wild affiliation, uh, the KHL over there. Same with Rafael Buceres. He's been down there in the KHL. He's one of the leading scorers for that team. But uh, it's kind of sad when you see guys getting sent down from the Iowa Wild to the Quad City Mallards. But it happens. I mean, that, that's how it goes. Just like we used to have the Louisiana Ice Skaters. They were like the KHL team for the Wild back in the day. <laughs> kind of cool. I, I like that name better than the Quad City Mallards, even though nothing really wrong with that, that name. Uh, Grayson Downing, Zach Mitchell still leading the Iowa Wild in scoring. Jordan Schrader with 29 points, right breathing right down their neck right now, playing very well. Ultimately, and Bursky as well. Christoph Bursky, yeah, basically third in the team in scoring. Sixth round pick for the Wild not that long ago. 
Playing very well down in the minor league. We'll see if he comes up to the Minnesota Wild at some point. Uh, sixth round pick in 2012. Doing well in the, at the AHL level. Will he continue and will he bring it up to the NHL roster? Right now, I mean, you got you got multiple centers down there that are playing better than Tyler Grayevac. And if you want one of them to take over as a uh, fourth-line center at some point, maybe due to injury or due to promotion, something like that, maybe you might look at Chris Bursky instead of... Uh, Tyler Grayevac at this stage, because he's, he's, he's been playing a little better, but he's still struggling ultimately when you compare him to other players on that roster, so there you go. Let's uh, let's wrap things up here. I want to thank you all for listening very much. Apologize if I was kind of stammering a bit today, not feeling my best, and the show needs to come out. I mean, you already had four games to review. You had big news with, with uh, John Torchetti, and the, the sickness just popped up on me, man, just out of nowhere, and I, I hadn't been sick for a while, and it's it's not the worst ever, but it's it's hard to focus sometimes, and I do apologize for that. Please do, if, if you like this show and you want to help it out, please give me a positive rating on iTunes. I'd greatly appreciate it. Or on Stitcher, you can do it on either one, depending on which you use. And if you're able to take the time, write a little review. You don't have to say a whole lot. You don't have to make a, put a whole lot of thought in it. Just, if you really like the show, keep it positive high rating, all that good stuff. Tell us what you like about it. Maybe even say something you'd like to see improved. Maybe, maybe, just maybe you want a little little added segment to it. Like, I'd, I'd like to bring North Star's memory back into it, and this would have been a good show to do that. Though I did kind of have a North Star's memory, didn't I? I kind of went on a little bit about the, about the late 80s, early 90s North Stars there for a short time. My little rant about trading away Larry Murphy and Dino Cicerelli. Oh, yeah, that's a North Star's memory. <laughs> that's a North Star's memory, all right. That could have been an awesome team. Damn it. That could have been an awesome team if you have those two guys added to a to a roster that had some talent and deserved a better fate, but ultimately ran into a freaking buzzsaw, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But just imagine if Larry Murphy was not on that roster and he was on the, the uh, Minnesota North Stars. Almost called him the Wild. <laughs> they wish they were the Wild. No, no, no. We wish we were the North Stars. Damn it. I'll always say that's the best name, but Wild works, and at least it's got green back and all that. So... At least we didn't change our colors and get real goofy and weird and try to look like the San Jose Sharks or something. I mean, F that. <laughs> F that. you got to be green if you're a Minnesota hockey NHL. So thank you all again for listening. God bless you. Thank you for bearing with me, not feeling my best. Uh, <laughs> the, the old dumb button, the coughing, the sneezing, and even probably got a cough in there somewhere that I didn't get to. So I apologize for that. Uh, boy. Well, I mean, hey. If you listen to, to uh, Mackie and Judd, or Judd and Mackie, because I think Judd's the better one, <laughs> he was sick all week. His voice is really funky, so, hey, damn it. He gets paid to do that, and he still was on, and he's did a good job, so rock and roll. Uh, yep, again, give a positive rating of the show. Possibly share it with your friends if you could on Facebook, Twitter, all that. And for those of you that do, thank you so very much. Vince Germano helps out. Tene Brown helps out. Chance Caustic, my brother's brother-in-law, and technically, and my brother-in-law as well, you could say. Great guy and a huge Minnesota Wild fan. Uh, shares my show on Facebook. Thank you so very much. And hope hope you're enjoying Torchetti out there. He had a cool little picture like the 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 torch is lighting a fire under the, the club over there on the bench, you know. So, uh, yep. <laughs> well, I can't imitate Mike Yo anymore. And I kind of like doing that. Damn, I kind of like doing that. You know, you know, Sudero, you know, he's, he's, he's gassed, so... That that's what happened out there. He was gassed, and he he just he just couldn't stay with the puck out in that situation. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna miss that, but hopefully you'll get more consistent play and a better effort out of the torch. And ultimately, we'll see. Uh, will will the torch be the head coach long term? 
I, he deserves a chance at least, and he will be re, he will be evalu, evalu, evaluated. See, there you go. There, you, there's my loopiness, and of course. Uh, yeah, uh, Chuck Fletcher did mention that. He said, absolutely, he has a chance to be the head coach. Yeah, and he deserves a chance to it. But if there's a better candidate out there who could really make this team ready to rock and roll, get that guy. Yeah, and, But we'll worry about that when the time comes. It's going to be a very interesting summer. People are going to be let go. People are going to be bought out. And that, all that good stuff. People will get traded. Stuff is going to happen. It's going to be a very interesting summer for the North, the North Stars, the Wild, and the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a fun summer to keep up with these winter clubs. Uh, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy NHL and NBA free agency about as much as anybody on the planet. It's so much freaking fun. NHL, the crappy part about NHL is, though, the first couple of days, it's like, boom, 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 like your phone is just going eight bleep for about two days and it dies where the the nba it stretches out for about a month but uh that couple days july maybe one through eight or so it just goes eight bleep and it's fun and it's cool but the only crappy part is you just hope you're not the one sitting and watching and staring like it was under the doug risebrow era and last summer was not that fun it just wasn't but you couldn't do much because too many big contracts on the roster, too many no trades, and that's what's got Chuck Fletcher kind of sitting on the hot seat right now. And I should have probably said this earlier in the show, but if you're listening, this is a little Easter egg for you. <laughs> for those of you in the retro video game world, the Easter egg. Um, you, you just hope, you just hope that the Wild can find a way to make moves during the course of the summer regards to the salary cap and such. Maybe improve it. Uh, you buy all players. Sometimes that screws you and you're stuck in the cap anyway, even though the guy's gone. But you just, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, Palmer is a very long contract remaining. You're going to finally get Nicholas Backstrom off the books, and it's going to be a very happy moment when I talk about that on the show. Why Nicholas Backstrom does what he does, I I, I don't know. He's, he's a, normally a good guy, but it's like him and his agent just kind of being what they are right now. And you, you can't trade him. I mean, how can you trade him? Maybe you'll be lucky to get a seventh down pick, but you might not even be able to get that. Nobody out there is desperate enough to pull in a, a, a 37, 38-year-old goalie and hope for the best there as a, as a backup down the stretch during the course of maybe some big-name goalies out for a long period of time, and he'll come in and be a backup for the backup, that type of deal. But it doesn't look like the Wild have been able to strike a deal of any type right now. They've been interested in Jonathan Druin and such, but uh, nothing's taken place, and we're sitting around waiting and hoping for the best. And so far, nothing's happened. All right, enough. I will thank you again for listening. God bless you. Tell a friend about the show, and well, I'll be back. Hopefully, my I'll be feeling better next time around, and I sure better be. 